This is the Plant Advice Gardening Podcast, Episode 26, Gardening Jobs and Plants of Interest, for May. Plantadvice.co.uk for all your gardening needs. Hello and welcome to the Plant Advice Gardening Podcast with me, Richard Farrer. And me, Sue Mack. This is the podcast to help you get the very best out of your garden with our regular features such as jobs to do in the garden and plants of note for this time of year. Coming up. Coming up in this episode, our plant of the month for May is Papaveva oriental beauty of livermore an oriental poppy we have jobs to do in the garden and the vegetable garden our plants of note for this month are pyrus japonica mountain fire a lily of the valley and digitalis purpurea pam's choice or a foxglove we also have forthcoming garden and flower shows May is probably one of the best months in the garden. While all of the seasons in the garden have something to offer, late spring has to be one of the better ones. The weather isn't too hot and there's usually sufficient rainfall, although this month it's been very dry, isn't it, Sue? We haven't had any rain. You've, well, had, you've been watering the garden, haven't you? I have been watering the garden lots because it's just so dry. They usually say April showers, but we've hardly had any rain in April, so hopefully May we will get a little bit of rain because the gardens are really going to need it. They are, and just now they're going to give us water restrictions because we haven't had any rain. Yeah, it needs to fill up reservoirs. And the now heat. water butts. Now we've got water, two. But we've got two, yes. We're trying to be economical. Not only that, the water from the water butts hasn't got any of the chemicals that the water companies put in, so we know it's pure water out of the sky. Maybe with a bit of Saharan dust in it. Yeah, but that's fine. We can deal with that. We can, but it's getting busier, isn't it? You've been pottering quite a bit in the garden. The weeds are coming up as well, so it's quite a busy time keeping on top of the weeds. Everything is growing. It is, but it's looking lovely. It's starting to come alive. Just need a little bit warmer weather. Yeah, for the last month here, it's hovered around about 10 degrees C all month, hasn't it? Yes. We've had one or two gin and tonic days, but not many. Yeah, we quickly grabbed them. And outside, pour a gin and tonic, sit and then come in quickly. <laughs> Make the best of it. And our friends, Gary and Elizabeth, have lent us a small cold frame, which we're using, and you're putting your hanging baskets in. And you've noticed a big difference with the hanging baskets that you've put in the cold frame compared to the ones just in front of the French doors in the house. Yes, definitely. They seem to have boosted them. It's quite light and very warm here, but outside it's going to get a lot more sunlight. It just goes to All show day, how much yeah. the sunlight does affect the growth of the plants. Definitely. Because they're hitting the top of the little cold frame now, they aren't are, they? they? So are. you're going to swap them around and put the other two in? I have swapped them around already. And we've got five, haven't we, in total? We do, I think. We do have five. <laughs> it's musical chairs with the hanging baskets in the cold frame. And in and out, the French doors yeah. are permanently running, bringing them in. And then I think, oh, it's 10 degrees, it's too cold for them. And I bring them back in and then the sun comes out and then I take them back out again. I think we need a greenhouse. But when it's all done, it's going to look absolutely stunning and beautiful, as it always does, So You do do nice hanging baskets, but it's a labour of love, isn't it? It is a labour of love. But one you but enjoy. But rewarding. Yeah. Always rewarding. 
That's the beauty of gardening. It is hard work, but it's rewarding. We do have another dilemma, though, don't we? We're do going we? away for two <gasps> weeks. Yes. yes. And your babies. I've Who's got to look find after a babysitter. A babysitter. <laughs> for my babies. Yes, because sometimes when it gets really hot, they need watering more than once a day, don't and they? That, well, this is it, and they need lots of water. That's the problem. They need lots and lots of water, and then they need deadheading, and and it is a labour of love. And when they're your own, you know, you can just you stand don't mind there doing and it, but it's but not everyone's cup of tea, is it? No. So I'm out looking for a babysitter. <laughs> And our yew hedge at the front, we think they're bouncing back. We planted a yew hedge about this time last year. And then round about autumn time, a good large percentage of the trees started going brown, almost autumnal in colour, which they shouldn't be doing because they're evergreen. But it looks like most of them are bouncing back, bar one, which has died, I think. Yeah, that has died. That's We've taken that out now. So if they do come back, that will be nice. Yeah, they're looking, ah, they're looking confusing. You know, because they are, oh, <laughs> they are confused. They are looking very confusing. But I'm also nurturing them and keeping an eye on them and, and watering them because, again, we've had no rain. No, we haven't. And young hedges do need water, even for the first year, to keep them established and get them going, get the root system fully established. And what else are you doing in the vegetable garden, Sue? You've got your lettuce coming along? I've got lettuce in the cold frame, yeah. not straight in the garden. Now, you had a bit of a disaster with the first lettuce. You yeah. think you transplanted them, too tried early. pricking them out too yeah. soon, and none of them survived. No. So this time you've sowed the seeds separately in each little plugs, and you're well, going to let them... Well, not quite separately, because no. the seeds are tiny. Tiny, they are, aren't but they? I've, yeah, I don't particularly want to move them now until they're really established, and then I can put them straight in the ground. And just thin them out a little yeah. bit, yeah. yeah. It's a learning curve, isn't it? Yeah, and then I'm, it looks like my beetroot's growing. We've got potatoes growing, the beetroot. My courgettes are just about ready They've to go in well. the garden. You were a bit concerned at first. They weren't coming up. Then all of a sudden, they, they took a little while to germinate, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, longer than they actually said. But anyway, they have. And my spinach isn't doing too great. I want to try some more spinach. Oh, and then I planted rocket. And that's coming up. We do like our salad leaves, yeah. don't we? So, all happening. And you were saying you want to plant some radish as well. And radish. I want to get some radish in the garden. Sliced radish is nice in a salad, isn't it? Yeah. Adds a little bit of peppery flavour. And they're really easy to grow. Once you've got your first crop, you can keep sowing again and going. Yeah. So, you've got a constant crop throughout the summer. Yeah, we've got to be careful this year that we don't put too much in. It got a bit overcrowded. things, doesn't it? Yeah. Problem with courgettes as well. They're massive plants and they take a lot of space up. But they're so rewarding. They are. We do like courgettes, stir fries. Yeah, and and so does all our friends because they regularly (laughs) get them. (laughs) We have a glut when they get going. Our plant of the month for May is Papaver orientale beauty of Livermore. This is an oriental poppy, named apparently after an English village in Suffolk. It is a fully hardy, deciduous, herbaceous perennial. The height, it grows up to about 1.2 metres, so it's quite tall, but not a widespread, only about 60 centimetres. It does like full sun. It has the RHS award perfect for pollinators, so it's great for the bees and all little buzzy things. It has a fast growth rate. And then the flowers, this is the best thing about it. I use the same adjective all the time, stunning, but I can't think of what else describes this so because it is a massive flower, papery, red, sort of tissue paper-like, bright red flowers on strong stems with a 
black centre. Flowers from May to July, and apparently if you cut it back straight after flowering to ground level, it can often produce a second crop of flowers. I've always liked the poppies, particularly the large poppies like this, and we haven't got any in the garden, but I, I would like no, something like that. We've got the yellow little we've ones. We've got the small Californian poppy, ones, but yeah. this is such a statement, isn't it? It is. Iconic. Absolutely stunning. Yeah, they're yeah. beautiful. And there's a lot around the village. And our friends, they've got one in their back garden, so I've asked Elizabeth if we can nick some seeds at the end yeah, of the season. Yeah, is really a big one, isn't it? Yeah. Now, seed-wise, if you do get the seed, you can sow it indoors from February to April or sown outdoors from March to July, but they won't flower that year. They'll flower the following year. Or you can propagate them from root cuttings, but I think we'll have a go with the seeds if we can. Yeah, and we'll do it inside because then you know... Bring them you, along, yeah, cultivate, yeah. The thing is, you put them in the garden and then you forget where they are you and You think it's the a birds, weed and you rip it. Uh, yeah. So we'll get it going. We'll have a go, yes. And you can cut them back to ground level after flowering to get a second flower, possibly, and lift up and divide large clumps in autumn. The foliage is also quite nice. They're quite big, downy, sort of mid-green leaves. A bit like the rocket sort of leaf, that sort of lobed. Soil-wise, they like moist but well-drained soil and thrives on normal, loamy garden soil. We've got clay here, but we'll stick some humus in and I'm sure we'll be okay. Clearly, other people are in the village grow poppies and it's the same soil, so we should stand a good chance. Yeah. Just make sure it's a sunny spot. We do have quite a bit of sun in our gardens. So yeah, we've got one we area it gets created. Sun, so. Look forward to that one next year. Jobs to do in the garden. Now, jobs to do in the garden for May, deadheading. As all the flowers are coming out, deadheading is a continuous thing, as Sue alluded to earlier, particularly with the hanging baskets. It's a daily routine, isn't it? Removing the spent flowers on most flowering plants prevents the onset of seed production and it encourages the development of more flowers. A combination of deadheading and regular feeding can significantly extend the flowering period of many plants. So if you've got them, why not promote them? So a little bit of work and you can get some more flowers out of them. Good time also to fill your containers and hanging baskets for the summer. Sue's well ahead of this one. We do get things going early, but quite often in the garden centres we see the plants. Some garden centres have them really early, don't they? Yes. And others really late late once they're guaranteed all the frosts have gone. Yeah. Well, the chances of a damaging frost is highly unlikely in May. Well, I don't it know. can it's, happen, uh... but it's not as common. So it's a good time to plant summer containers and hanging baskets. The trick when you do so is to leave small but unnoticeable gaps between the plants in the container or hanging basket when planting, making them look full right from the start, but at the same time leave enough space between the plants so there's enough space for the compost for the roots to grow into. And use good quality compost that will retain the moisture for as long as possible because there's not much soil in the container and there's quite a few plants and they will suck it up but you use those crystals as well moisture retaining crystals to help a little bit yeah i do every little bit helps and if you can get a little irrigation system in that would be wonderful we've talked about it but we haven't implemented it yet there's a bit of a strategic planning for that one but that would save a load of hassle, wouldn't it? It would. Stake perennial plants. We've been doing that this morning, or rather George has our gardener. And, and you, Sue, you're out there helping George at 8 o'clock this morning. I was. Yeah. Uh, begin to stake perennial plants that you know will need support in a few weeks' time. 
The lawns are also growing fast and furious at this time of year, so apply a lawn weed and feed treatment if you've not already done so, and consider using organic lawn feed if you can. Such feeds help the grass to grow vigorously and then compete better with the weeds. Organic lawn treatments are also earthworm friendly, whereas chemical treatments can kill earthworms, which can result in poor lawn drainage. And Lawns do like to have air around the roots, which is why we've also been raking out the moss to try and aerate and get the thatch out. Time this month also sows seeds of hardy perennials in situ, such as foxgloves and sweet williams. Plant out dahlia tubers after overwintering. We did this mm. a couple of weeks back. I don't... Um, I don't <laughs> you don't hold out much hope for them. No, they look dead. They do. Well, and we did what we were told to do. We but tried, yeah. I don't, I'm not hopeful. But I'm not there hopeful. was one you spotted which was left in the ground over winter. And, and ironically, yeah, that one's got new shoots that's on. That's got new shoots on, and all the ones we've lived in the shed and did what we had to do and I've put back in the ground I can't see any greenery on them but the one in the ground will have had constant moisture whereas the others are dry so I don't know having moisture now they might uh, we might get a few they've been in what th- two three, three, three weeks? weeks already and there's nothing but then I suppose it's still early days well look at what happened with your courgettes you were giving up yeah. hope on those and all of a sudden they popped up mm. you never know Sue Time also to trim evergreen hedges such as box and yew. Ours are a little bit small at the moment, so they don't need trimming yet, but they will do. Um, <laughs> we just hope they're growing <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Surviving would be one yeah. point. And when we do trim them, we're going to have a bash at topiary, aren't we? We are. Yeah, and that's going to be fun. We haven't decided what yet, but plenty of time to think. Continue to spray roses that are prone to attack with black spot and green fly. We've had black spot problems in the past and we've been using a bit of a a sulfur mix, haven't we, to try and prevent it occurring in the first place. But when it gets old, it is is quite nasty as black spot. Water new plantings if the weather is dry, as it has been here in the UK for the last month. Prune shrubs that have just finished flowering, example for Scythia and Ribes. Uh, for Scythia is just about finished flowering, and it's a massive yellow every year, beautiful. isn't it? Stunning. Absolutely beautiful. And the Ribes, that's the, of course, ours, uh, we have a flowering current, which is a member of that family. And I that's think that's finished just about now. finished. Yeah. He's going to need pruning. Or she, I don't know which one. <laughs> And if a very late frost is forecast, cover all tender plants if you can, uh, especially those in the vegetable garden with horticultural fleece. You don't want to lose your crops just now. In the vegetable garden. In the vegetable garden, you can be sowing outside peas, runner beans, marrows, courgettes, pumpkins, carrots, turnips, swedes, potato tubers, kale, calabrese, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage and beetroot. You can also plant out young plants that have been started indoors of sweet corn, runner beans, tomatoes, aubergines, peppers, marrows, courgettes like we have, cucumbers, melons and pumpkins. And harvest, you can be harvesting asparagus, rhubarb and spinach. Our spinach isn't there yet. Yeah, I'm going to do another lot. I don't think it's happy or something's happened. Well, they might get going and we can have a second crop. And, yeah. Yeah. Plants of note. Now, plants of note for May. Our first plant is Pyrrhus japonica mountain fire, also sometimes called Lily of the Valley. I didn't it, know that was Lily of the Valley. Well, that's the common name, but common names can vary across the globe, can't they? 
I thought I'm Lily sure. of the Valley was the little... What am I, I think this, it might be called Lily of the Valley Shrub. The problem is with common names, you can uh, have two or three things called the same name and they're completely different species yeah. or I genus. I never knew that was known as Lily of the This Valley. is the one, well, not maybe we've, not this particular one, but we've got a Pyrrhus just under the bathroom in window. In a pot, yes. Yes. It's lovely, isn't it? And Why did we put it? There was a reason we put it in the pot. Is it because of the soil? I think it likes ericaceous That's soil. That's why. Acidic it was, soil. Yeah, and it's, so by putting it in the pot, you can control its growing habit a bit more. And yeah. it's really looking pretty at the it moment. It is. It's in full flower, isn't it? And then it turns golden, doesn't it, yeah, later Yeah, the leaves, on. yeah. They are fully hardy, so ideal here in the UK climate. Medium-sized evergreen shrubs. So once the flowers are faded, you've got all-round year foliage. It has the RHSH5 scale of hardiness, which means it can tolerate down to minus 10 to minus 15 degrees C. Hardy in most places throughout the UK, even in severe winters. It has an average to slow growth rate, taking 10 to 20 years to achieve maturity. Can grow up to 2.5 metre tall, but 1.5 metre in spread. But ours is only a small pot. It's, what, half a metre tall, Sue, and mm. similar sort yeah. of spread. So you can keep it under control. But if you let it go rampant in the garden, 10 or 20 years, it could get a bit bigger. Big, yeah. Likes full sun or partial shade. Soil, it likes moist, but well-drained, humus-rich, moderately fertile but acidic soil, so pH less than 7, or sometimes called ericaceous compost for that, which is why we put it in the pot. And the flowers, they are beautiful. They're clusters of tiny ivory-like bell flowers, flowers from April to May, and ours are white flowers. Mm. I'm not it could be this particular cultivar, I'm not quite certain. Can't remember on that one. And the foliage has also got a lot of interest. It has bright red young leaves, but they mature to a coppery green and ultimately dark green. And because it's such a well-performing and reliable plant, the RHS have given it their award of garden merit. It's quite low maintenance, generally pest-free, although leaf spot may be a problem. doesn't require regular pruning, but when it does require pruning, usual regime of trimming out dead or diseased and crowded or crossing branches in mid to late spring and followed by a good mulch or well-rotted garden compost or manure. And propagation, you can propagate it from either semi-hardwood cuttings in late summer or softwood cuttings in early summer. Generally, softwood cuttings root better than hardwood cuttings, so get the nice fresh young growth and it probably will root a little bit quicker and easier for you. Our next plant of note for May is Digitalis purpurea, Pam's choice, a foxglove. The Latin translation for the word digitalis refers to the shape of a flower resembling a finger of a glove. It's a fully hardy biennial, which means it takes two years to produce flowers. It's an average to fast-growing plant and grows quite tall, one and a half metres tall, with 45 centimetres spread, so it's all vertical in its habit. It has the RHS Perfect for Pollinators Award, so good for the bees. It likes full sun or partial shade and moist, humus-rich soil. But its spectacular point is the tall spires, trumpet-shaped, and they're creamy white flowers with a kind of speckling or blotches patched in the centre of dark burgundy in their throats. We've got it up on the screen here on the computer, haven't we, Sue? And it is quite amazing, actually, how it's 
looks a bit like a spotted Dalmatian from a distance yes. because you've got the white and then the sort of burgundy it's in the centre. I love foxgloves. I do. Some of them are, are just speckled in the centre. Mm. Others, they're quite solid patches. I suppose it depends but, on the individual yeah, plant. But beautiful. They do. And, and they, they just always need to be in an English garden, don't they? They are one of the classic plants for a cottage garden, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Just Great in a border, shooting up at the back and just saying, We've hey, look at me. We've had them in our garden before, but they seem to just disappear, don't I they? Know, and I know. They, they, I just love Sometimes them. we've had them self-seeding, haven't yes. we? Yes. Obviously not this particular cultivar, but... And I think we have bought a couple a few times as well, but... They don't seem to yeah. come up again. They and like moist, humus, rich soil. I don't know where Maybe our soil is going to be clayey. Perhaps if we stick a load of garden compost in, they might do a little bit better. Yeah. We can give it a go again because they, they are, are nice stunning. and it look back of a border shooting up. Yeah. They really make a, exactly. a massive statement, don't they? Yes. And they flower from May to July, so they're going to start so flowering now, but you've got a few months long of flowering. Way yeah. through, yes. Yeah, so it's... um. Not just a, a quick up and gone. Those. But they will self-seed quite freely. And the problem with self-seeding is when they do self-seed, you're not guaranteed it's always going to come back exactly the As same. It, that's right. Yeah, it could go yes. back to the parent plant. So it's you will get some foxgloves, but, but not, not necessarily that but one. But then, even so, if they are lovely, and when they do pop their heads up in the garden, they do make a lovely show. Yeah. Well, when Chelsea's coming up, maybe we can get some seeds or... No, we're going flocks. to Wood Green at the end of the month. The Cambridgeshire show. Yeah, we'll, a get, we'll get... More the, local. Yes. <laughs> we'll have to remember the name of this one. So okay, Pam's Choice. Pam's Choice. That's yeah, easy to remember. It is, isn't it? But it's stunning. My cousin is Pam, so yeah. I'll try and remember that. Stunning, stunning, stunning. Yeah. Low maintenance and easy to grow. However, mm. all <laughs> parts... <laughs> yeah. Really? Not, in our, not in our soil. <laughs> if it likes the soil. <laughs> yeah, anything grows if it likes the soil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plants will do what they're going to do. They're designed well, exactly. by nature, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. All parts of this plant can cause severe discomfort if ingested, however, and contact with the foliage with the skin can irritate. So it is quite a poisonous plant, so be careful. Wear gloves if you're handling them. Forthcoming garden and flower shows, the garden show season is beginning in earnest. 7th to 10th of May, the RHS Malvern Spring Festival will be taking place. We went there once, although it was a bit grim weather-wise, wasn't it? Oh, it poured down, didn't it? Beautiful location underneath the Malvern Hills, but I got stuck in the mud in my wheelchair, didn't I? And I get dragged out. I did tell you not to go there. I wanted to go to the garden. (laughs) Yes, and then you want someone to come and pull you out. But I needed. I did get a bit stuck. (laughs) I didn't realise... Quite how boggy it was. Mm, okay. But the one with. Stick to the path. <laughs> Stick Richard. to the path, yeah. Well, Chelsea's a bit better in that respect. Yeah. And Chelsea is from oh, the 19th wait. to 23rd of May. And we go the in the Royal 18th. Horticultural Society Chelsea Flower Show. That is our highlight of the year, isn't it? Oh, definitely. We do look forward to that. It's our spoiled day. It is our spoiled day. And Chelsea, there is nothing in the world to compete, I don't no. think. Each garden show has its own character. Hampton Court is completely different. Tatton Park is another one which has got a different feel than the council beds. But Chelsea is like the sort of Paris catwalk of the flower world and garden world. Well, that's why they have it when they do. It's the start, isn't it? It It's like this is the season starting and we're going to go 
with a bang. Absolutely, it is a bang, like a massive fireworks display. Well, as Sue said, we are going. We've managed to get tickets for press day. We are extremely lucky for that. We do thank the RHS. So we will be reporting back. We've had permission from the BBC to record a few interviews, which we will hopefully bring next month and perhaps the following month after that with some of the garden designers and exhibitors at this year's Chelsea Flower Show. Well, that's about all for this episode. You can get the show notes and links for plants we've talked about from this episode on our website at plantadvice.co.uk slash episode 26. You can also follow us online on Twitter at plantadvice or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash plantadvice. Lots to do then, Sue. Yes. We just need the weather to warm up so we can go outside and enjoy it once it's all done because you find it a bit cold. To sit it is out a little there. bit chilly just sitting out there for me. It's but fine for me when you're I'm working. working it, yeah. yeah, keeps you going. But this time of year, the garden is just splendid, isn't it? It is. It really is beautiful. And we're lucky with a UK climate that we can grow such a range of plants. Elsewhere in the globe, you might for have a, short a different period, climate. Though. It is a very short period, but, but when it happens, you can. it is. Yeah, it is amazing. It's There is nothing like it. Um, with climate change, maybe the periods are extending a little bit, but yeah. Because yeah, you come from South a... Africa and, mm. and you have a completely different climate, although lots of our plants come from South Africa. They do, the but you only enjoy the them for a very short time. <laughs> You've got them all we year round. We have them all year <laughs> round. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But still, you've got your other beautiful plants that are yeah. so English. And like we, the foxglove. Well, the foxglove and also hanging baskets. Hanging baskets don't do well in South Africa. It's too hot. Yeah. And the foxglove. I love the foxglove. And the other one? Delphinium. No. And no. um, the lady in our village, they just come up and they just make amazing show. And they just keep... Hollyhocks. Hollyhocks. Yes. I mean, they yeah. are they're so English, well. aren't they? Big, tall, vertical statements yes. of flowers. Yes. I mean, those are beautiful. But I think the trick is, no matter where you live in the globe, you've got your own indigenous plants, but you're always going to be able to push the boundary a little bit one way or the other way. And that's the beauty of gardening, isn't it? Sort of creating something with what you've got and experimenting and pushing the boundaries a little bit. Exactly. And every garden is going to have its different style and character as well. And again, it depends on your garden, because look at our friends Elizabeth and Gary. They've got like a little oasis there because it's in the courtyard garden. It is a little microclimate. You can grow lots of things there which are sheltered and protected that you couldn't elsewhere in the village. Exactly. Very true, yeah. So, you know, that also accounts for a lot. It does indeed. Perhaps we should talk about that in one podcast, microclimates and how it can vary in your own Own garden. garden, And planting things in different, might not work in one area in your garden, but somewhere else the plant would do. Well, look at our hostas. We've got three hostas in our garden in three different places. One is out totally. One yeah. is coming up um, really well it up. And the other one's just showing. Head up, yeah. And that's just in our garden. But yeah. it's different warmths. Different it's aspects. Some are sort of south facing, others exactly. north facing where they don't get the sun. Yeah, very much. Yeah, a good topic, that. But I don't think we could grow a palm in our garden. <laughs> no, there's some things. Pineapples are definitely out. No, they won't go. <laughs> definitely. Anyway, we're looking forward to Chelsea, and we will report back next month. Until then, get out there, enjoy your gardening. The season is wonderful. Make the best of it. And that is all for this episode. So thank you ever so much for listening, and I hope you'll listen again next month. Until then, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. 
podcast was brought to you by plantadvice.co.uk for all your gardening needs.